0: Welcome to the Renegade Nutrition Podcast, where we discuss all things nutrition.
1: I'm Eleni Welch, nutritionist. And I'm Kay
0: Boyer, health enthusiast.
1: right hello renegade welcome back welcome back to another episode of the renegade nutrition podcast and we are so fortunate to be joined today by dr cody kriegel who is a biologic dentist here in iowa and he's going to talk to us about all things yes oral health yep (laughs) dental health yes Um, so yes, we're super excited. And, and I'm like, I'm excited to hear your story because I've never really gotten to hear it. And this is all just kind of an excuse to get to know you better anyway. So yeah,
2: sure. Yeah. Well, let's, we can dive right in. Yeah. So I, you know, I, growing up, I always wanted to be a doctor or dentist and I had three doctors tell me to not become a doctor, (laughs) to become a a physician, to become Mm -hmm. a dentist. And so, um, through the dental path, trained the same way as everybody else and um, just found that I really liked health. I really liked nutrition uh, and uh, just healthy lifestyles and things like that. And as I moved further as a dentist, I, uh, I guess I just stayed open-minded um, to a lot of different approaches to dentistry and found myself being able to merge um, dentistry, one of my passions, with health, another one of my passions. And so that's kind of the biological dentistry kind of one-on-one in a nutshell is just kind of health forward dentistry.
0: Where in the world did you go to get um, schooling that would school you in dentistry biologically? You know what I mean? Like, did you have to go far away for, or yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah it's a good question. So um, there's a group in the, in the United States, um, not a huge group, but um, called the uh, IAOMT the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, right? So um, that's a group of dentists that kind of practice this way. So some of my training has been involved with them. Um, And a lot of my training too has come out of places like Germany and Switzerland where this has kind of been founded, where it started.
0: That's awesome.
1: so So, So I'm curious, like you started out in conventional dentistry, right. And then moved. What was it about biological dentistry that stuck out to you that made you want to pursue that as opposed to the conventional dentist field?
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, all of us were trained uh, similarly in, in conventional dentistry. And I think conventional dentistry works really, I mean, it works well, it it serves people very well, but I found again, just staying open-minded. And I kind of came to these uh, what I call pause for thought moments um, along my career uh, where I wanted to know what the other side was saying. You know, when we talk about things like fluoride, things like uh, dental amalgam, um, things like that, uh, I kind of wanted to know, okay, what is the other side of the coin? What, what are these people saying? And once I studied that and, and kind of dove into that, again, staying open-minded, um, I found a much different uh, avenue um, when I studied these things for kind of what they were. And then pretty soon my mind began to shift. And then I had an experience with my mom. Um, that really shifted it into kind of high gear, high gear.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So she lets me tell this story all the time. Uh, uh, She's, she's a sweetheart. So she's a nurse um, and she's been a nurse her whole life. And so she comes from that type of thinking, you know, a little bit, that conventional style that, that she's been around. Um, But she had a, uh, she had some infections um, in her jawbone, silent infections. And she had a root canal that um, of course didn't hurt. Um, at all, but when we uncovered that uh, there was a problem with it, um, it became pretty evident that we needed to remove these these sources of infection and these things that were giving her trouble and I think conventional dentistry would would do about anything they can to keep a tooth uh, but for her, um, things were a little bit different, and so I treated her with a mentor of mine um, who uh, is on a kind of a popular Uh, or a notorious, I should say, um, film that that was made um, in regards to root canals. And um, we removed the root canal, we treated her um, biologically. And pretty soon she had some pretty substantial systemic health changes um, afterwards. And so that was a big wake up call for me that, hey, this is kind of serious stuff. And this is real, real stuff for real people.
1: Yeah, and I guess I'll I'll jump ahead a little bit, and then yeah. I think we could get to some of those. We'll hop back, but that really resonates with me because just a really quick backstory: how I found um, Dr. Cody here. Well, we actually went to school together at Co College. Fun fact: Go Go Covax. <laughs> yeah. um, and graduated together. So uh, he was a familiar face. But um, I had been having migraines anywhere from one to three times a week for. Three years, like minimum three years. That sounds horrible. It was awful. Yeah. Like come home from work, turn all the lights off, crawl into bed, put an ice pack over my eyes, and like try not to throw up. And then some nights I w- I would throw up. So like I was basically incapacitated like multiple nights per week. And like here, my husband and I are talking about starting a family. And I'm like, I can I don't even know if I can have kids because how am I going to take care of them? Like, I, I can't even, I like literally can't wow. eat. I come home from work and I can't eat. And this had been going on for a few years and I had done, I mean, I'm a nutritionist, so I had done everything that I had in my toolbox to figure it out. I had done hormone testing. I had done a thyroid panel. I had done um, a stool, like full GI panel. I did breath testing for SIBO. I did a food sensitivity test. um, And then I had done massage, acupuncture, chiropractic Um, Like the gamut, the gamut. I mean, I've literally, I literally probably spent over $5,000 over the course of several years trying to figure out what was going on and nothing brought an answer. And, um, at one point the chiropractor I was working with reached out to another chiropractor in the field. And he said, well, have you ever had, um, like your wisdom teeth removed? And I was like, yeah, when I was 16 and he's like, well, okay, then there's something you might need to look out for called a cavitation which like I kind of am hoping you can get into and describe a little bit, Cody. Um, but he said, you, you might need to get this looked at. And, and so I had done some Googling around and I quickly realized as I tried to talk to my conventional dentist about it, they told me, you know, you're gonna need a specific type of X-ray. So I asked my conventional dentist that I was seeing at the time, I said, hey, I'm having these migraines and can you order me this X-ray to check for a cavitation? And she looked at me like I had just said, Hey, I got like an alien visitation last night, and they <laughs> they probed my head. And can you do an X-ray and see if the probe is still in there? Like, <laughs> that's like kind of the look I got was like, "What are you talking about?" And they wouldn't they wouldn't do it. And so I realized I had reached the end of where that conventional dentistry could serve me. Wow. Um, and I ended up just by chance finding Cody, your practice online. I didn't even know you guys existed. I didn't even know we had a biologic. Dentist in Iowa. amazing
0: have so close to us. It's amazing.
1: And yeah. I didn't even know it was somebody I knew. <laughs> and then I found your yeah. practice. And then you helped me with that problem, like you did with your mom. You went in and you cleaned out there was infection. You guys cleaned that out. And I remember the first week after the surgery, I didn't have a single migraine. Two, no. weeks, two weeks later, I hadn't had a single migraine. Three weeks later, I hadn't had a migraine. And like my husband and I were just like, I felt like I was on eggshells because I was just waiting for the first mm-hmm. one to happen. Sure.
0: No way. And I, I did not know this. This yes. is big.
1: So I have not, I I still maybe get a headache or two a month, but I have not had a migraine like that since the surgery, like not sure. like maybe one. And it's been Oh gosh. Wow. It's been a year yeah, and a half, been,
2: right? It was like, it's been a while since we wow. did that yeah. August,
1: 2020. Yeah. So Good anyway,
2: job, <laughs> so
1: <laughs> this to me is why it was so important to talk about what you can do and what biological dentistry can do because nobody else in every other health profession. And I had seen a regular medical doctor too. And of course they offered me the typical, like, we can give you a prescription migraine medication. And I was like, I'd rather get sure. to the root of this, you know? Um, and so nobody else had really been able to help me. And I just wow. had no idea it was connected to my teeth. And it was literally like, it saved my life because yeah, I, I was non-functional. I mean, and I'm in this nutritionist and I'm helping people with things like headaches all the time. And I can't even, I'm not even brushing the surface of mine. So it was such a powerful thing. So um, yeah, anyway, maybe if you can just kind of dive into some of that and talk a little bit about that and, and how that works.
2: Sure, and and so I think, <clears throat> of course, I'm biased being a dentist, uh, being a biological dentist, but I, I think that speaks volumes to um, what can be going on in people's oral cavity. Um, and I think you know we I think conventional dentistry, in my opinion, looks at um, the teeth and the mouth and things like that from a reparation standpoint. I usually is what I'll say, which is more of construction based. How do we mechanically fix something and make sure you can chew your food? And then it looks good. In today's world, aesthetics is a very important, right? Um, so as long as you can chew things and, and chew your food and it looks good, then it must be fine. And we know that the system is very much deeper than that, right? I mean, we know that, of course, you have an oral microbiome in there and we have different materials that can be installed in there. And when you have those type of things or a root canal or one of these job one things, which we'll talk about in a second, like you can't get away from that. You can't biohack your way out of it. You can't, um, nutritionally, you can help yourself, but you can't get away from that exposure of whatever it may be a chronic inflammation, uh, a metal and you know, all those types of things. And so that's where it tends to play a big role is that when you have these things installed permanently in your mouth, next to a brainstem next to a major neurological center, right. And tied to your system, it's, you start to think twice about, Hey, dentistry is, can be seen a little bit differently, right? It's not just a drill and fill your whole fill, fill a tooth and, and get you out of here, you know? So it's, 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 it's a different, um, lens to look at oral health through a biological point of view.
0: Yeah. I will say it's been amazing. I, you're my dentist now and you do an excellent job. I referred Kay to you. You did so yeah. good. And um, now that we have interviewed, I think it's a business write-off every time I go to you now, I think you can <laughs> take it up our taxes. But, um, so I'm so impressed with your practices, like cutting edge, everything so impressive. And cause I thought when I would go to you at first, I'm like, Oh, if he's, you know, if he's like, a natural dentist, like, right. is he gonna is he gonna be cutting edge at all, or is he gonna put herbs on my forehead? I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, what's yes. gonna happen? No,
2: totally, totally. But you are like
0: cutting edge, like you're checking, scrape scraping, seeing what microbes or whatever are in there, and and you're able to say like you have one bad one good or whatever and I can kind of take that information and be like oh that matters and then I make a change about it and it's fascinating how cutting edge you are so if anyone's listening you should go it is badass in there you do an excellent job so
2: yeah um, no it, you're right it comes with the stigma yeah. right yes. I mean it kind of like when I you know my first exposure to this um I I I saw a a documentary. I called the dentist off of it, who ended up becoming my like a father to me still. Um, His name is Dr. Stuart Nunley. He's from Texas, Um, and he's just the most nice, genuine human being ever. Like the closest thing to Jesus that is walking on the face. Yes, yes. Um, and I cold called him. I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm a dentist from Iowa. I'm a young guy. What is this stuff about? And how can I learn some more? And he said, you need to go to a meeting. You come to one of our annual meetings. You'll drink from a fire hose. And I, I took my wife. He said, take your wife. Cause you're going to, you're going to see some things and hear some things that are going to be totally crazy. And it's good to have a support system because it's going to be a lot. And so I took my wife and I thought, you know what? We're driving to this. It was in Indianapolis. We're driving there. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to walk into this place and everybody's going to be like the typical, what you'd think of a holistic and like, and the nice of you think everybody's wearing beads, maybe reds, maybe only Birkenstocks allowed. Like no one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, everybody's eating granola and yogurt and it's weird. (laughs) I thought there's no way that this is going to be a thing. And I get in there and it's the, smartest human beings I've ever met the most cutting edge human beings I've met in dentistry period and it totally shifted my mind about oh wait, this is not what I anticipated it was going to be and so yeah. some people call and they think like oh my gosh he's going to sprinkle like some sort of tincture on my forehead and then my yep. cavity away and it's like no no that's not how it works um but yeah. It's different. Sure. You yeah. only
1: do dental surgeries on the full moon. Not on the full moon.
2: <laughs> Maybe I should, if it, if it works, why not? Why wouldn't yeah. I? Right. Yeah. Well, um, I was going to, I'm going to jump into mercury. I'll...
1: Oh, I was going to have.
0: Oh, oh, okay. We're going to hit off some basic questions for you to kind of yeah. roll down our list here. Okay. What would you say is the biggest difference between the biological dentistry and the conventional, like kind of, where's that line for you or. Sure.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I think just looking at it differently, right, Look, looking at the, the oral cavity differently, the oral microbiome, when you mentioned seeing those, uh, the bacteria on a screen, right, so we're, we're sampling that, um, knowing that a microbiome is very, very important, as long as it's in balance, you know, in symbiosis, not in dysbiosis, and so um, looking at everything through a, a whole health concept, I think is the big difference, and that comes in a lot of layers, um, what's the, uh, oral microbiome look like? How is somebody's gut functioning? That's a big, big one. Um, what materials are in there that might be treading on somebody's immune system or activating it or, or having an issue for, for, for somebody. So what materials are being used, um, and then kind of getting deeper, you know, we have a lot of patients and I never had an answer for a lot of patients that would come in and they're, they're brushing, they're doing fluoride all the time. They're doing all the things flossing and they continually get cavities continually. Yeah. Over over, right? And it's usually like the like the the wife in the mixture that does all the right things and constantly has a cavity. And then the husband comes in, brushes like once a week with the opposite end of the toothbrush.
0: Thank you. Yes. This is my life.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And like I end up starting marital conflict because I'm like, you know, you know, Mrs. Jones, you have 10 cavity. You know, it's it's like so that never boded well with me. Like, why why is that? That doesn't make sense. And of course, there's a lot of layers to that, but Um, uh, but finding some of those answers and then like you nutrition, like that's the fundamental, um, underpinning or linchpin in a lot of people's day-to-day health. And if you can't get some of that corrected, then no matter what we do as providers, you know, we're not going to help, you know? So I think, you know, these deeper layers of would not, we can't just paint fluoride on things and expect it to be Okay.
1: Right. And you referenced the um, oral microbiome. And as a nutritionist, I'm so familiar with the importance of the microbiome in the gut. Can you talk? I don't think many people are aware of how important the bacteria in our mouth is. Can you talk a little bit about that and how it influences the body as a whole?
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So the oral microbiome and the gut microbiome are kind of like sisters. They, They really love to go back and forth. And when we see somebody that has some gut Issues, Uh, SIBO, gluten intolerance—you know a lot of these layers, Crohn's, things like that. We'll see their oral microbiome will have will be off as well. There'll be a dysbiosis there. That's interesting. And and you don't know if you know what came first, chicken or the egg, or what that looks like, right? But at the same time, we know that they 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 trend similarly. Um, And sometimes you can look at somebody's oral microbiome and say, "Hey, it's just off because you have a lot of." You know, maybe not so good materials in there, or um, you know, it can be dental induced. I'll say it that way, right? And and we're all guilty of that um, as providers. But um, getting those corrected, and again, just like the oral microbiome, you don't want to nuke bomb it. You want to you want to uh, help it improve it, right? A lot of good guys and not a lot of bad guys. That's what I say: heroes and villains type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so garden. you know when yeah when you yes yeah and when you yeah. go down like a target aisle. And you see all these different uh, products, rinses, toothpaste, all these different things, right? And every once in a while when I'm there with my wife, when she allows me to go, because that's usually like one of her Zen things, right? Sacred space. Sacred yes, space, is. right? Yes. So I'll meander off on my own and go down the, the, the dental aisle. The and dental what, aisle. What are we I marketing? never meander
0: to the dental aisle. Yeah,
2: no, right. You're right. And I, <laughs> usually I, I go down there and I'll see what are the newest things that, they're, that we're trying to market, right? But you see, you know, all these bottles of blue purple, yellow, just tons of dyes, tons of these things that anything you put in there is going to affect the microbiome. So that's important to help people at home on what are you using and is it clean? Is it safe? You know, that type of thing. That's important.
0: And I'll say to you, a little plug here, um, you recommended when we leave to use a Risewell toothpaste that you like the three mineralizing, and then the tooth, um, that water pick. Is that kind of what you suggest for instead of going down the target aisle to get Risewell and <laughs> yeah. the pick thing?
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, we, um, as far as toothpaste goes, we just like things with hydroxyapatite. Um, and that's when people have a mineral issue, that's the natural, uh, mineral found in enamel. So that's been proven to mineralize just as well or better than fluoride with no, um, no really side effect, no, um, You know, when you drink a a tube of fluoride toothpaste, you need to call poison control. And that's one of those pause for thought moments for me along the way, which was, that doesn't make a ton of sense for me. You know, I want to have something that's if my kid gets a hold of it, nothing's going to happen, you know, type of thing. And so um, Risewell is just hydroxyapatite and a bunch of essential oils, basically. And there's other ones out there, but we like that one. And it tends to work pretty well um, for, for patients.
0: Good. So on the fluoride, what are your thoughts on, um, even for like my kids, are you like, don't do it? Like what, what's like, you know what I mean? Talk that yeah. too. Also yeah. someone I know has some Brown on their teeth, et cetera. Cause they, they take too many fluoride tabs. Is that a thing? Talk through that. Yeah. Sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think anybody, I don't even know if I honestly, full disclosure, I don't even know if you can prescribe fluoride tablet tablets anymore. Like that okay. should be banned in my opinion, but, yeah. um, they used to, yeah, so fluoride, fluoride's a tough one. Um it does remineralize two structure. So I'll okay. say that first and foremost. We have lots of studies that show that it will remineralize a two structure um for sure and I'm never going to be the one to deny that. But we have we have to look at things from a health perspective again and say what else comes along with it, right? Um I think I just looked this up. Um in 2022 as of January 2022, there are 83 studies on fluoride and IQ in humans. And I think there's 60 or so. Uh, don't quote me on that, but there's a lot of studies with animal studies as well with um, fluoride exposure and and risk from neurological point of view. Um, 74 uh, have uh, 74 of those 83 studies have found an exposure uh, higher exposure to fluoride associated with a lower IQ.
0: Wow! wow. So,
2: and some of these are out of Harvard and things like that. It's <laughs> not a it's not a new thing. These have been around for a while. Um, wow. And so. Uh, you know, we also have studies linking osteoarthritis, skeletal fluorosis, um, obviously thyroids. When you look at um, fluorine on a periodic table, right, going back to those old school co-college days, right? Uh, yeah. I still fluorine. have a mini one in my wallet. You a do, you would. You, <laughs> you would, you <laughs> would, yes, too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that column uh, where, where fluorine resides, a couple of ticks down below that is, um, is iodine. Right. And that's a major uh, component of, you know, T3 and T4, your thyroid hormones. And so that's why we see thyroid issues with an elevated fluoride exposure as well. So um, it's a lot to think about. And I think before my career is up, I do think that fluoride won't be what it is um, anymore. Um, But we'll continue to study it and get better. But I, I come from the breadth of when people have decay, it's not a lack of fluoride. You know, it's not a lack of a, look at it from a body standpoint, your body is not lacking fluoride. That's why you have cavities. It's usually you have a gut disturbance, your minerals are off. You maybe have a low vitamin D. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into that, but it's not a lack of fluoride. That's for sure.
1: That's a, that's a really cool perspective. And that was yeah. actually one of the things we were going to ask you with nutrition and dental health. Mm-hmm. Um, then, I, obviously everybody knows that sugar is associated with cavities and oh, poor sugar. dental health but are there other foods that can damage the teeth or damage enamel that we should be careful of eating or like a surprise like whoa I didn't know that could influence the oral microbiome or anything like yeah. that any foods or yeah. that or, you would recommend avoiding or
0: help um, my one friend, choose eggs. I swear you not eggshells <laughs> will chew a into the calcium. I don't know. Okay. Talk through that. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So the worst thing for teeth is vegetables. Don't eat any vegetables. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> she shuts I just became right the now. most popular
2: <laughs> dentist ever, right? No. Um, yeah. So I think obviously sugar, uh, processed and refined, um, carbohydrates, those type of things, right. Um, simple carbs, um, are never a good and good, uh, thing for teeth. Um, also, acid, you know, the pH of some of these things is is a big thing. And we see that quite a bit. So when you look at the pHs of, uh, you know, different coals or different drinks, you know, across the spectrum, it doesn't even have to be a soda or something like that. You know, we get really low pH um, in some of these things, um, crazy low. And so that will erode or eat away the enamel pretty quickly, especially if it's a daily or a weekly habit. Um, and along that same breadth, you can talk about people that have GERD or acid reflux, you know, that acid, and that can be from a sleep point of view, like a sleep apnea point of view. There's a lot of layers to that as well, but that erode, that um, stomach acid can erode the teeth as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's another big one that I think goes under, under um, noticed as much as, is the pH or the acid component of, of some of these things.
0: Yeah. If you well, want to ask, get yeah. mercury. Oh, yes. Okay. So this is a question near and dear to my heart, because I have so many of the mercury um, amalgam fillings. Okay, what are your thoughts on that? What is the better alternative? Um, Do you think that's going to change? Tell me all about that juicy mercury gossip here.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's another big one. Um, Yeah, so the ADA, the American Dental Association says that it is a safe um, and effective material to use to restore to structure. Um, so I'm going to start with that. I'll Get say it. that, uh, full disclosure. Um, do I like it? No, absolutely not. So uh, in today's world, first of all, from an aesthetic point of view, uh, they're not, they don't look very nice, right? That's a little bit vain, but, but it's the truth. Um, at the same time, those restorations or those, that filling material is composed of around 45 to 55% uh, elemental mercury by weight. And mercury has been coined one of the most toxic substances on the planet.
0: Uh, and ah, I carry it around my surgery. mouth. Well,
2: yeah. On. A lot of people do. Right. And so, um, does that mean that everybody needs to rush out and have all their amalgams removed and all that? Not necessarily. You know, I think that, um, of course I would like that. And I think that's the best from a health standpoint for everybody, but, um, uh, the, the studies on that is interesting. Um, it started, I would say some of the amalgam wars, they go back, you can kind of look up those, but, um, one of the studies that comes to mind, uh, the, uh, Particularly is in the late 80s. Um, there was a dentist with the last name Vimy, V-I-M-Y, and he basically put amalgam. These are the early guys that were saying, "Hey, putting something this toxic in people's mouths isn't a great idea. Right? Um, we should study this. And again, we've been told it's safe, it works, it's durable, it is very durable. Uh, it's very hard. Um, late 80s, he put uh, he used sheep as the model. And he put, uh, I think there's like 12 restorations, 12 amalgam fillings into the sheep. Uh, and then he marked them with a radioactive dye. So he could trace where the mercury would go in the body. If it's if it's giving off mercury, where does it go? So he could find it basically. 30 days later, sacrificed the sheep and then basically put them through and said, where's all the mercury? And they found a lot of mercury in the jaws and the, the GI tract and the kidneys in 30 days. Wow. <laughs> That's a and right away he met resistance which is very typical for dentists like me uh you got resistance from saying well sheep don't chew the same way as human beings do which is bogus if you ask me but (laughs) right uh, you should see how my husband chews (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, so He already was replicating that study in monkeys knowing full, you know, full force that he was going to meet some resistance with a sheep model. He did that. He did it with monkeys who basically chew and and function the same as we do very similarly and get the same results. So that's where some of this stuff kicked off. And I think it doesn't take a big leap of faith to say, Hey, if that's composed of something very, very um, toxic, I don't want it in my mouth. Mm -hmm. You know, and when we, when we remove it, you know, any dentist, when we remove it, it's supposed to be, it's considered like a biohazard, right? So we can't, I I think it's tough to say that it's safe in the mouth, but it's a biohazard when it's out on the table. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Yeah.
0: That's wild. Yes. I'm on the journey with you to get them out slowly, safely. And I love that your practice does the safe, um, um, way smart, of, yes. smart protocol, the smart protocol. Yeah. So fill us on the smart protocol and what you guys do to make it, um, safer.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah. So it's just a multi uh, layers of, of just protection, right? So I think the, one of the things that you hear a lot of dentists say is that, it's better just to leave it in. And that, that never made sense to me because if you have a toxin in there, why, what the best thing to do is just to leave it in there that I don't like that idea. Um, but you can't just remove it arbitrarily. If you drill on amalgam, you plume uh, a lot. I mean, we're talking a hundred higher than what the EPA allows as safe in somebody's mouth, you know, in the air. So, oh. um, and that's, that's, th- there's some really interesting studies there too, but Um, You have to just remove it safely. You have to take precautions to remove it safely and to not expose a patient um, or me, the dentist or my staff or anybody else to, to high loads of mercury. So, um, the smart protocol is safe mercury amalgam removal technique. Um, Interesting how they come up with these things, right? I don't know how they, how they <laughs> who spaghetti. thinks of these things, right? Yeah. I and think they came who, up with
1: the acronym first and then they, yeah, and then they were like, what fits that acronym? Because yeah, we want to call it SMART. This?
2: Yeah. yeah. And so anybody that's listening, that's through the IAOMT again, and they have a ton of resources on all this, on all these things, a bunch of science, a bunch of literature to support all these things. So it's a good resource for patients and, and they have a ton of even videos, information videos. Um, but it's basically rubber dam. You're using a, a high vac suction to suction up the vapor while you're removing it to make sure all the vapor goes into a catch. Um, you're sealing the rubber dam. You're putting a, a nasal block over the nose to make sure that you're not inhaling any of the ver- uh, mercury vapor that way. Um, and then a lot of times what we'll do is when we get an amalgam out, uh, I'll mix up a, like a powder of a chlorella, which is a metal binder. Um, and we'll let that sit in the tooth a little bit just to be able to bind and, and pull any other metals Um, that we can um, before we go to do a filling or something like that. Um, There's creams involved. It's kind of a multi-layered thing, but it's basically protecting you and protecting a dentist.
1: So you would for sure recommend if if somebody who's listening, if they have the mercury amalgam fillings and they want to get them taken out, they should look for a dentist that uses that same SMART protocol.
2: 100%. Yeah. And they have a, a directory on their website of dentists that that employ the, the, the smart um, techniques and things like that. Um, I, I think it's da- more dangerous to remove. It's not, I don't think I know it's more dangerous to remove it without having the right safety measures in place. And so, and, and, you know, people talk to about f- mercury and then should they have their fillings out and things like that. And, you know, that's a personal decision for everybody, right? Of course um, everybody has to judge that, but as you guys full, full know, you have to look at that, you know, bio individuality. I mean, every patient is, an individual. Some people have detox pathways that are wide open. They can, you know, smoke a pack a day for 25 years and not really have much of an issue. Right. And then the next person smokes a pack a day for three months. And pretty soon they have, you know, lung issues, lung cancer, right. Different things. So everybody's different and we're up, we're, we're up against a lot of toxins, um, whether it's from the oral uh, interference fields, things like that, or environmental exposures, everything else, food, all that stuff. So everybody's different you
1: know? Yeah. That bio individual, individuality is so key. I was just going to say, just as a quick, like side story on that mercury removal and that. So I used to work for a chiropractor and we had a patient, a new patient come in. We do x-rays on all of our new patients to make sure that there's, you know, there's nothing broken and their spines look healthy and it's safe to work on them with chiropractic. So we had a a woman come in and we did an x-ray and it looked like her, her, like all of her tissues were filled with like glittering stars, like her x-ray just showed all of these like glowing deposits. And um, we were trying to figure out what it was because I hadn't really ever seen anything like that on an x-ray. And then the chiropractor I worked for asked her, have you had any fillings removed? And she was like, just yesterday, I had a bunch of mercury fillings removed and their dentist didn't use that, that smart protocol. And you were literally seeing the bits of mercury throughout her whole system. So that to me, that on an x-ray, it showed up because that like glowing metal bits can show up on that anyway. So I, I've seen what happens if somebody doesn't use the smart protocol.
2: Wow. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and I think it, you know, going back to that Vimy study and there's a ton more studies, but going back to that study too, it's, it's interesting to think that in 30 days, you found it in all kinds of places, you know? And so Um, you know, I think there's a lot to learn about it. I think we'll continue to learn about it. The nice thing about being a dentist in today's world is that we have better materials. I get to just be, get to benefit from having a lot of these better materials out there to use for patients and things like that. So we don't have to use metals. Um, Personally, I'm not a fan of metals at all in the mouth. Um, And that comes in a lot of different layers of whether it's implants or metal crowns, Um, you know, another discussion, I guess, but
0: What's the filling material that, that you use then? Um, is it porcelain? Is that because I get that right from my appointment?
2: Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times we're using porcelain, um, our okay. ceramics, um, things like okay. that, different types of ceramics. Um, that's the main one that we'll be using to replace some of those things that we talked about. Yeah, um, uh, that's what we primarily will use most of the time. Okay. So that's a safe one. Okay. So maybe one
1: of my like wrap up questions for you before zoom kicks us off Cody, is, um, you know, when I was doing the research before I ever saw you for the first time, I was doing the research on cavitations and how, how they can affect the body. And I saw how many body systems could be impacted by dental health and oral health. And like, even like cardiovascular disease was connected to poor dental health. Um, can you just speak a little bit to that and how the dental health can affect the rest of the body systems and.
2: Sure. Yeah. Like the oral systemic link. Yeah. 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 You know, I think, uh, I don't think we even fully understand it uh, to, to be completely honest. I think we're finding new things out every day. Um, You know, there's more studies coming out about people having a certain dysbiosis or certain bacterial profile in the mouth being linked to certain types of you know cancers or even things like Alzheimer's, dementia, that type of thing. And so um, it comes in a lot of different ways, shapes, and forms. And when we get into metals and autoimmunity, um, you know, things like that, you're looking at things like ALS, MS, rheumatoid arthritis. And if we have a lot of these culprits installed in the mouth, um, you have to be careful, you know, uh, it's, it's technically not considered inside the body, but we full, we, we know that it's inside the, the system and the system is being tread on. Right. So, um, yeah. And we, I mean, a lot of our new patient appointments, we're checking a one C, you know, we, oral microbiome can be associated with with, you know, um, an increased um, glycated hemoglobin and diabetes and things like wow. that. Uh, thyroids, you know, it's far reaching. And I think we're touching the tip of the iceberg. But I, th- I think we're, we're going to learn a lot more as we continue to get to get better and improve and, and study these things. Wow,
0: that's so cool. Well, I feel so lucky to have you in our area that I can go to you and like, you can help like, take back control of my mouth and my 12 bad feelings. I'm so appreciative of having you close to us. So thank you for existing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. <Yep.
1: laughs> um, anything else that you would just want to share from the biologic dentistry point of view that you feel like is important to share with our listeners or that they should know.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, I like you, a lot of people, we look at these first couple layers of nutrition and these other things. And I, I would just uh, suggest to people that don't forget the mouth. You know, don't forget, you know, things in there, um, particularly if there's um, infections or you know, dead teeth, things like that. Uh, metals again. I mean, that's a whole other topic. We didn't get into too much, but metals in general. I mean, so there's a lot going on in the mouth. There can be, so just don't forget it. Don't forget that that could be a source of something for a lot of people is different things. And I'll be the first one to tell anybody that I can't go around. I'm not Jesus. I can't just go around and cure people. Right. But we do routinely pray for our patients. I do that all the time. And okay. I think, um, with you, you know, I, we had no idea of what we were doing. That was going to make a big impact on you. Yeah, and, that's awesome. and, but it did, and it, it was worth, it was worth every second of, of, of you having to go, th- go through some of that stuff. So um, don't forget the mouth. It can be important.
1: Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love it. Well, that's amazing. Well, thank you. This this is is enlightening and we'll try to send all the more patients there that we can. And thank
2: you for having me. I love this new podcast you guys are doing. You're sharing so much good stuff. I know.
1: Thank you. We're trying. Yeah, we're trying, and I love this. Honestly, like I said, this is an excuse because every time I've walked into your office, I just want to sit and talk for an hour and pick your brain. And yeah. I know
2: your I know. your dental
1: assistants would kill me, but Dude,
2: they just have to pull my patients away. And I'm like, well, we were just talking. Like, do you, have to, you know, come on.
1: Yeah. So this was an excuse to do it. And yeah, we'd love to have you again sometime in the future too. And thank you so much for your time. I think this is such valuable information. I really like the idea of taking a holistic approach to health. And like you said, don't forget about the mouth. I think people get so fixated on one part of the body and with holistic care, You know, the conventional medical system focuses on one part of the body at the time, but like a holistic system ties everything in together. Just like you do, like you look at the nutrition, you look at the patient's gut health, you know, how many dentists out there are looking at a patient's gut health. And that's like, what's so beautiful to me about holistic practices is that you do incorporate everything and you treat the body like the system. That it is instead of a bunch of individual parts. So keep doing yeah. what you're doing. You're awesome, well, and thank I mean, you so and much. Then there's
2: people like you guys. I mean, I th- we couldn't. I couldn't do half of what I do without other practitioners to, to help along the way. And chiropractors, functional meds. You know, there's a lot of really good providers out there that can do a lot for people. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So it's 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 a great. It's an interesting time to be alive to have all these things at our fingertips to try to really help people
1: that's true for sure okay well i I think i have a thousand more questions but we're gonna have to just set up another time with you cody but thank you so much this is awesome all right thank you have a good night cody thank you you. guys
0: see ya thank you for listening to the renegade nutrition podcast follow us on all social media platforms and on our website the renegade nutritionist.com
1: Please keep in mind that all the information given in this podcast is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment.
0: Kobe Renegade.